Okay, so Hebra, we are in our third class, and we have learned inside about uh, 10 words. I think we're going to make an effort today to do a little bit more reading. Okay, so that's, that's, let's get into it. I gave you enough of an introduction. All right, so now let's, let's get cracking here. Let's start again. V'yuvan behektim or we're on tzadikei. One, two, three, four, five, six lines down. Okay? V'yuvan behektim biyur inyim mashikosu v'yahavta esavayilu kecha. Chulu shev'ahavta loshen tzivui. That the Ahafta is a language of a command. And on the surface, like we were discussing extensively last class. How can we possibly make a command to have a particular emotion? That is a, an emotion that's in the heart. And it's not shaykh <clears throat> to have a commandment like this, right? Command me to put on tefillin. Command me to put on a talus. Command me to build a sukkah. <coughs> command me to daven three times a day. These are things you can make a command. Jump. Okay, I'll jump. How high are you going to jump? How far are you going to jump? When are you going to jump? How many times are you going to jump? But how can you command someone, I want you to feel this way. I want you to feel that you really love this. In this case, I really, you really love God. What do you mean, I really love God? How could you command someone to love? It's impossible. It makes no sense. Yet we read it how many times a day, and you think that it was like a, it was like a given. So how can you possibly say, love, love something, love someone, love Hashem, Right? So he says, and this is what we got to last time, So clearly, everyone's in agreement. You cannot command someone to have an emotion. However, Instead, what is the commandment? The commandment is, Thou shalt be misbinding. Think. You must think. What are you going to think about? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. And the word Shema, the Alter Rebbe teaches very interesting, in a very interesting way in Likutei Torah. Shema, we know Shema to mean listen. But Shema, the Alter Rebbe teaches out as gather yourself together which is a fascinating explanation. What it means is that people in general are very scattered, scatterbrained, right? As they say, the, the Lushen. You ever heard that phrase before? You ever heard that phrase? Mm-hmm. Scatterbrained. The person's a scatterbrained. We're all scatterbrained. All right, our brains are like all over the place. We're thinking this, we're thinking that, we're thinking all over. So gather yourself together and focus on one thing. How Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Right? So now, through thinking about that, this is how a person is supposed to all of a sudden have this emotion. In other words, the goal, the goal is, the goal is not, the goal is not think for the sake of thinking. 
the goal is think for the sake that in Mitz Hashem, we're going to have an emotion, that we're going to become people that love the Abishter. When you love the Abishter, all of a sudden your life changes. Everything changes. Avas Hashem. Love the mitzvahs, you love Torah, you love being alive. So how am I supposed to get from point one to point two? So somehow, by me meditating, by me thinking about Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, I'm going to get to point two. So what we need to understand is, what exactly are we supposed to be thinking? In other words, if I tell you, okay guys, everyone knows the Shema very well, I've been saying it our whole lives, Okay, think about it. All right, how much do you want me to think about it? Oh, think for whatever. 39 seconds. To correspond to the 39 malachas, right? Okay, now what? What am I supposed to do with this? So, the idea is, the idea is that there has to be a thought process. So, this is what this mimer is about. This mimer is going to be a step-by-step process of how to think about this idea. What am I supposed to think? How am I supposed to think? <coughs> right? It's very, it's very infrequent that we actually have a mimer that goes through and gives us a how-to. Usually they say, okay, think about Achdus Hashem, or even like, like today's, or yesterday's, <laughs> yesterday's Chitas um, and Tanya, right? says, Oh, you think about this, and then you think how cool, right? Everything in front of Hashem is like nothing, and then you'll come to this Abba, this unbelievable love. What does that mean? So the intelligent reader says, I want more details. I want more facts. I want to know what am I supposed to think? I don't understand. How am I supposed to get from point one to point two? Shema Yisrael. Okay, fine, I'm gathering myself together. But okay, how do I do this? So this is what this mimer is going to do. Okay, fine, let's go. So now he says, so when a person will think about this concept, automatically he'll come to love. So what's the the basic hypothesis of this whole thing? How the Einsof is Yachid, Singular, miyuchad, it's all-inclusive. And the phrase is, there are different phrases in Hasidic uh, literature that signal a certain concept. And when you see these phrases, you think, oh, this is what we're supposed to be thinking about now. So one of those phrases is, I am Havaya and I have not changed. Which means like this. Right, we say it every morning in Karbanas. From before the creation to after the creation, regardless, there's been no change. There's been no change in him. Well, that doesn't really help me if we think of Hashem as being the way most of the world thinks of Hashem. It's like this, you know, this all-powerful entity that's somewhere in outer space that is commanding, oh, here, here, Avram. Just for you. Right? Last one. We are... Hold on one second. Let's show you. Uh, we're here. Okay? So if you're going to say, oh, okay, so Hashem is some uh, all-powerful entity that's somewhere in outer space and He's creating a world over here. 
So you could say, okay, fine. He didn't change. Right? He's upstairs. We're downstairs. So he worked on the basement. So in the basement, there's like a change. There, was a, there wasn't a world. Now there is a world. Okay. So why, why would that affect him? He's in the penthouse. Right? We're talking about a creation that happened in the basement. So why should... So that is an incorrect way of looking at it. Instead, we know that there is nothing else here except for Hashem. We've learned, all of us have learned Hasidus. And we know that that's the concept. So now, if you think about it, something doesn't jive. Something doesn't work. Why? How could it be that there's a world where there was no world? Right? I don't have any more copies. I made ten copies. Yeah, so sit, sit next to someone. So... There wasn't a world in this place where Hashem is. Now there is a world in this place that Hashem is. And you're telling me that there's no change from before the world to after the world. That makes no sense. If I go like this, there's a book here, now the book is here. That's a change. So how could you tell me that there wasn't a world and now there is a world and there's no change? Ani avaya Right? From before the creation to after the creation, something doesn't work. That doesn't make any sense. How could you say such a thing? This is, a, this is our problem. This is what we're going to be intellectually, hopefully, thinking about and trying to figure out and trying to, to work with back and forth. Let's read it again. There's no change from before the creation. That acronym is Without any change whatsoever. So we come up with a new phrase, which is a phrase that we see very often in Hasidus. And I challenge you to understand what this is saying. And says like this, because the worlds are bottled to him. Now, what does that in fact mean? We use these phrases in Hasidus very often, but we have to get to the point. One of the ideas of thinking and his bindness is to stop using catchphrases and think about what they mean. Catchphrase means like a, a bumper sticker. Okay, the world is bottled to him. So I can say the question, how could you possibly say that he didn't change from before the creation to after the creation? He said, okay, I'll give you an answer. The world is bottle. Okay, great. That's, that's correct. What does that mean? How does that Im- impact? Like, wh- what does it mean, bichlal, and how does it impact your life in pra- in specifics? So we have to stop using the catchphrases and try to, to dissect them and try to understand what is this trying to say. So you're going to tell me the world is bottle. So what is, uh, the world is nullified. So therefore what? If you take an ice cube and you turn it into water, right? So what are you saying? You're saying the ice cube is bottled to the water, for example. But does that mean there is no ice cube? The ice cube doesn't exist? It never existed? Is that what we're saying? No. It's hard to understand. What are we saying? What does this mean? So you could say in a certain way, yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. Why? 
Because let's not look at the ice cube as an ice cube. Instead, let's look at the ice cube as hydrogen and oxygen molecules. So what's the difference between the ice cube in my water and the water in my water? Is there any difference? What's the difference? What's the difference? This is a hydrogen molecule and this is an oxygen molecule. There's two hydrogen molecules to every oxygen molecule, right? H2O. And we all learned a little bit of chemistry in our lives, right? So what's the difference? The speed at which they vibrate. So is that a difference or not a difference? I would say it's a difference. Right? In other words, it's not just that it appears on a physical plane as being something different. We have to say that there is something different happening here, otherwise it wouldn't appear to be an ice cube versus liquid. Or for that matter, maybe gas. Right? There's something happening here. But on the other hand, we're saying, no, it's totally bottle. Can we say that? Well, the Torah is saying that. So we have to really get what this is saying. So he says like this, let's go back and say it, right? Mm-hmm. So what appears to us from our perspective to being a yesh, which means a something, a something that is definable, a something that appears to be its own existence. Vidavar Metzias. Metzias means it has its own form. So the ice cube has its own form that is separate from the water, for example. This world has a form. It looks like planet Earth. Yeah? Who Sheker Gomor? So we could say an answer. What's the answer? The answer is that it's a big lie. It's a total lie. Okay, answer number one. Here's answer number one. Now, we know that if it's answer number one, what's going to happen with it? We're going to have to reject this, right? But let's go with answer number one. What's answer number one? The whole world is a big lie. It doesn't really exist. The whole thing that we're seeing, which is a concept that we see in different religions, for example. The whole thing is just a big sheker. The whole thing doesn't exist. This life that we are living isn't really. Why? It appears to me that when I move this book from here to here, there's a change. And the Torah is telling me that there is no change. There's no change in Hashem. And Hashem is everywhere. And so therefore, there is no change. Let's go back to our ice cube and water thought for a second. We look at the glass as being filled with liquid and solid. But really, it doesn't exist. That solid is not really there. It just appears from our perspective to be a solid. But in atom, it's not a solid. It's just hydrogen and oxygen molecules. There's no solid there. So if we were to look at it from a, if you could do such a thing, a molecule uh, microscope, where you just look at the molecules, right? So what are you seeing? You're only seeing hydrogen and oxygen molecules. You're telling me that one is vibrating at a certain speed and one is vibrating at another speed? That's just your perspective. But Edsum, it's not really that way. But Edsum, they're all the same. It's all one thing. It's all just hydrogen and oxygen molecules. 
Why? Because it's a big lie. The whole vibration business is a lie. The whole perspective is a lie. So that's it. It's a lie. So therefore, life is a lie. Why are we even bothering with this whole story then? This whole thing is a lie. If it's a whole thing is a lie, so who cares what's happening? Now, you could say that. Because if you're going to say that right? And we know that that's an emis. So we're stuck, basically. Does everyone understand why we're stuck? I hope you understand by this stage of the game. So therefore, answer it in a simple way. The whole thing is a lie. And therefore, everything that I see is just not really happening. It's not really true. And that's why I could say, Except there's one basic issue with this answer. The basic issue in this answer is, if that were true, then Torah mitzvahs would also be a lie. And we know that Torah mitzvah is not a lie. Not only do we know that Torah mitzvah is not a lie, you could even look, and we're going to bring here a source in the Mishnah. That in the Mishnah, in Sanhedrin, it talks about a very interesting case where it makes a distinction between something that is a lie and something that is true. So if the Torah itself is making a distinction between something that is a lie and something that is true, we know that the whole thing cannot be a lie. Does everyone understand my, the concept that I just said? I'll say it one more time. The example is going to be brought a Mishnah in Sanhedrin. That someone that is, so to speak, using um, like hypnosis to create what appears to be uh, zucchinis or cucumbers. Cucumbers, right? So there are two possibilities. He could use what is called like a taking, so to speak, of the eye, which is like hypnosis. Like if you go to a place like India, right? It looks like something. They have these people in the street that they made like a mirage. You know, like, oh, this looks like it happened, but it's really fake. It just makes it appear that. And then there are those people that use witchcraft to make something happen, right? So it's going to tell us that what a person that just, so to speak, captures the eyes of the person through hypnosis. So that's a lie. It's like not, he didn't do anything. But someone that uses witchcraft to create, that's something that is an emis, and therefore he's going to be chayef. Okay? So there's a general idea here. The general idea here we're not focusing on. The general idea here is that uh, you can't say the whole thing is a lie because then you'd have to say Torah Mitzvah is a lie. And we know that Torah Mitzvah is not a lie. But we're going more specific here. What we're doing is we're going to say, in the Torah itself, it makes a distinction between emes and sheker. If the Torah itself is making a distinction between emes and sheker, you can't say the whole thing is sheker. Kapish? Everyone got what I said? Let's look at it inside. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> uh, okay. Ach emes. <clears throat> However, in truth, ef shalomar, it's impossible to say. That you can't say that the world that appears to be a world to me and you is really just a complete lie. You can't say that in truth it's not a form, it's not an existence. That we, 
That's that's the easy answer. That's the Balabatisha easy answer. Hey, you know why you know why it's Aniyavailosha Nisi? Because the whole world is a sheker. If the whole world is just sheker, so what's the difference? What happens? You can't say that. Why? Shahari Amrazal Misanhedrim Paragzayan Mishnah Yudalev Shnaim Loktim Kishuim. Two people were collecting Kishuim, cucumbers. Echad Loket Chayev, Echad Loket Potter. One that collects is going to be Chayev, right? Chayev the punishment. And one is to collect is going to be Potter the punishment. What's the difference? Ha'oisim Maisech Chayev. The one that does the witchcraft is going to be Chayev. You can look up the Mishnah in your free time. You can take a look. It's a fascinating Mishnah. Ha'oiches Esenayim. The one that is just playing with the person's eyes, doing like a mirage or hypnosis or whatever, is going to be potter. Now, if you're going to say that the whole world is a big lie and there's really no metzias at all, it doesn't exist, there is no form. Why is it that the one that does the action is chayiv? Hello, lo asadavar. If you're going to say that the whole thing is a big lie, he didn't do anything. He pasha didn't do anything. If he didn't do anything, so why should he be chayiv? And I'll go even further. And the fact that they are going to stone him to death. Let's say that that's a big lie too. It didn't really happen. He never was stoned to death. So if you're going to say that, so you could say the whole thing is just a lie. The whole Torah is a lie. The whole reward and punishment is a lie. The whole thing is a lie. And we know we cannot say something like that. That is obviously not true. That is obviously not true. As the Rambam says, Hilchas Yisodei Torah Perak Aleph Halacha Dalid, Hu Sha'amar Navi Hashem Elokim Emes She'ein Lacha Emes Ke'emisa So Vahu Levado Emes That He is Emes and there's nothing Emes like that. He is the ultimate Emes. Hashem is Emes, which means the Torah is Emes. So if the Torah is Emes, Hashem is Emes. So we cannot say this answer. So answer number one, we're throwing out the window. Right? On the one hand, we say, I was there before the creation. I was there after the creation. So answer number one. So we say, wait, how can you say such a thing? Here there's a world. Before there wasn't a world. You're telling me that there's nothing changed. You're telling me, oh, I'll give you an answer. The answer is, the Ailamas are bottled to Hashem. What does that mean? The Ailamas are bottled to Hashem? It means that the whole thing is just a big lie. That's answer number one. Schlug up to answer number one. If you're going to say the whole thing is just a big lie, so then you're in big trouble. Why are you in big trouble? Because the whole Torah mitzvahs cannot be said to be a lie. Not the punishment, not the reward, not the doing, not the anything. The whole thing is the most emes chiba emes. That's why we have Torah mitzvahs. The Eibishter is giving us Torah mitzvahs. It's emes. There's nothing as emes as this. So this cannot be the answer. 
So now we're stuck. We're back to our issue. How could you tell me that there is a world and there isn't a world at the same time? Clearly they must say that there is a world. So do you exist or not? The answer is yes. Of course I exist. So now we have to figure out how can I exist and we can still say that Now, most of us have not really spent that much time thinking about these philosophical questions. We basically worry about what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, what's for dinner, what time am I going to sleep, what's on the internet, you know, uh, what, what, what are we doing for vacation, etc., etc. But a person shouldn't fool himself to think that just all the things on the outside of him are what's emis and just run through the rat race of life. A person is meant to stop and think to himself, what am I doing here? What's going on? What is happening in my life? What am I doing with my life? More than what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, and what's for dinner. Where am I going on vacation? What kind of car do I want to drive? Right? We need to go beyond that. So we're starting to push the buttons here that a person should spend a little bit of time thinking about this, thinking about his existence and thinking about the world's existence and thinking about what am I doing in this place called the world, right? So these are some of the thoughts that a person should spend a little bit of time before davening starting to, starting to open up his mind to these things, okay? So this is what my, uh, my assignment is for you for today, that you should put on your tefillin five minutes early and spend one minute, not more, just one minute, slowing yourself down and think through a little bit this question. How can we, on one hand, say, I, I am Hashem and we didn't change from before the creation to after the creation? And at the same time, say that there is a creation here. And therefore, let's say that I come to Hasidus in the morning. Everyone tells me that it makes a big difference as compared to me sleeping in and not coming to Hasidus in the morning. So if the whole thing is a big lie, so what's the difference if I sleep or I wake up? There shouldn't be any difference. But yet we see that there is a big difference. So obviously it's not, the answer is not that this place is a big lie. So now we're stuck. So what is going to be the answer? So that's what we have to develop. But at least to spend a minute calming down the brain, the scattered brain, right, as we talked about before. See, in the East, they call the brain a monkey brain because the monkeys are running around. But we don't have that many monkeys in Russia. So what we call it is the horse brain, right, because the horses are just going, running, 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 running. So slow down that horse brain right and start to start to focus on more of the nature of reality in order to understand what it is that I'm doing here okay all right mitzvah shem we'll continue in tomorrow's class